Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 158, Fast and Furious Spy Racers, Sahara. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by SaneSmart 6-Axis Desktop Robotic Arm. It's an educational product and great for both beginners and professionals to learn robotics, electronic, and programming. Shout out to SaneSmart. Well, shout out to SaneSmart and welcome back to the show for the final week of, at least for now, of two episodes a week. We are here in our final week of the lap. We are doing a double dose of Fast and Furious Spy Racers Sahara. A lot of S's in there. I'm having a difficult time with the title, yeah. which I've never had before, but Spy Racers Sahara. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to? We, we put out an episode this year already, but we recorded that last year. So what have you been up to since we last spoke? We had New Year's. Uh, Rachel and I were just like drinking, celebrating New Year's. We pretty much like recovered all day yesterday, hoping this year ends finally, but doesn't seem like it. So well, the year ended, but you yeah, know, I mean, it, it's not like things change when technically the it ended, over. but I, I feel like it hasn't ended because it started out with just you know equal bangs. We're here. Did you watch your? I mean, I don't know if you put on social media. I don't, I don't think I saw it. Did you put on social media the CNN thing, or did you watch CNN or no? I watched a part of it. Um, we actually spent some time. We were like having a. Uh, like a Zoom kind of chat with a bunch of our friends. So we were like hanging out, drinking, talking to them because, you know, we couldn't hang out with anyone. But I had CNN on the background. I forgot that, like, you know, I was super pumped about CNN. But like one of the things that I liked the most and like one of the reasons why I was unsure of how it was going to play this year is because like I like that they like, you know, put one of the correspondents on a weed bus. Right. Stuff like that. And this year Mm -hmm. they didn't really have that. They, I mean, they had Andy and Anderson Cooper like talking and they called Snoop Dogg and a bunch of other stuff. So I mean like I saw some like I saw some of it but it wasn't the same as like they usually go to the bar in Key West with sushi, remember? They called sushi but they didn't like go to that bar. So I was I think that that inspired how drunk I got because I was like this is one of my favorite things of the year. It kind of like loses its thing. I didn't even factor in that they wouldn't be able to do any of these things because there is nothing to do right so yeah well you know next year there's always next year 2022 coming at you strong fast we did another round of uh jeopardy on new year's eve the it was better i think it was better the first time but what was fun was that after because we did kind of like a blending of two friend groups because i mentioned a couple weeks ago we did a uh fantasy baseball league jeopardy thing a couple weeks ago for a christmas party okay and then we did another one because my one friend was like this is so much fun let's keep doing it so he started doing his own jeopardy boards and uh we did one new year's eve themed on new year's eve which was cool and then the groups sort of dispersed and what was left for like about half an hour was just like the the fantasy baseball group the core group and so we just chatted for about half an hour then we all sort of parted ways at 11:55, and then you know we rung in the new year on our own but it was cool it was a lot of fun was was strange days one of the answers no it was all 2020 and 2021 themed it was oh, not okay so it's like pop culture historic stuff. yeah kind of was like sports in the past like what were the categories just like sports from the past year deaths from the past year things oh. with corona like relating to the, the definitions of corona like just all stuff that like was about the year, but also kind of not, and whatever, so, yeah. Also, R.I.P. M.F. Doom, on that note. R.I.P. M.F. Doom. He, had, he died on Halloween, but yeah. his fian- his wife, uh, I guess, kept it under the radar until New Year's Eve. One last gut punch from last year, but... I know that you love the Danger Doom album as much as I do. Like, a couple weeks ago, for no reason, I was like, Rachel, like, I want to listen to this album today, and we just, like, put it on, like, very randomly, right? Like, that's... There was nothing that was really. Well, inspiring. I mean, it's 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 randomly only insofar as like they're some of the best rap albums of all time. So it's not like it's just like a weird one-off thing. It's like a oh yeah, this guy was great, and I'm appreciating his music. Yeah, but I mean, just like the timing was weird, considering like he was dead, but we didn't know it. You know what I mean? So I, I granted, it is one of the greatest rap albums of all time. For it to just like be like, oh yeah, I'm thinking about this today. It was very strange. So yeah, because my my friends, the the Tub Talk guys, are all really big fans of MF Doom, and so you know we put together a couple thousand song playlist this year slowly like 10 songs per day so over you know 100 days they put together like a thousand like the the most recent one had a bunch of mf doom on it so i've actually been listening to a lot lately and uh yeah i listened to what was the album i listened to yesterday mad villainy no 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 it was uh it was mm, food okay anything else of note i don't think that there has been been reading more watching more doing the same old stuff i put together as i uh 
previewed my year in numbers on the blog. So there's a bunch of stuff if you want to see like what I've watched and read and played and listened to and recorded. We did 94 episodes of this podcast last That's year, which insanity, is a lot. Dude. And I did like 172, I think, overall. So insanity. Bless you. We have a Patreon page, too fast, too forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Eldon, Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Montez. Thank you all so much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Yes, Happy New Year. You to all of you as well. We are inching closer to Lap 8. Lap 8 kicks off next week, so we're going to have a couple bonus episodes only on the Patreon feed at TooFast2Forever.com. We also have a store, TooFast2Forever.shop, and sort of an update. I saw. The store news that we were teasing last week or last episode, whenever that was. We're actually not cl- we're not close to a new design because I forgot that the design that I was working on was literally just like clip art pulled from Google and then like some font. So like... I can't do that. Like, that's not our art. So either we have to pay uh, our your friend Dustin, who designed our new logo, yeah. do another one, or we'll just figure something else out. But uh, for the time being, the four designs in the store are what we're going to go with. It's a cool design, though. I promise, guys. <laughs> in theory, it's really, really cool. It'll come out eventually, I'm sure. So just, It'll be there. Joey, just, Joey just, did the right moral thing by being like, I can't just use <laughs> this blatantly pasted art from google for this i remember spending some time on it i was like i want to yeah. see what it's like because i because when i was saying last episode i had found the photoshop like i hadn't opened the photoshop so i opened it this time i was like oh right no i can't I can this <laughs> yeah you didn't really modify anything i just slapped like <laughs> the right ish font above and below and i was like okay this still isn't good enough so you know eventually it'll be here but We'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. We have an email address, family at cageclub.meanjo. We've got no emails today, but okay. I'm expecting uh, for the next episode, hoping, not expecting, but hoping, you know, tonight as we record this is our watch-along party, but this I'm comes out excited, after, dude. comes out after we did that, so I'm excited too. So hopefully you all joined us for that. Hopefully we had dozens of people watching. I'm guessing we're probably going to have a, a, a normal normal size group, you know, hopefully about 10 or so. We'll, we'll see We'll see actually what happens. Yeah, I told my I told my um, buddies, like Matt and stuff, about it too, because if there's one that they do really love, it's the first one, right? And we've never done it before, so maybe I'll, we'll get pop in from some of my buddies too. Oof, wow. Yeah. Damn. Maybe, maybe. So that's tonight as we were recording this a couple days ago as you're listening to this. So hopefully you joined us for that. On the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. I don't think there's been any like news at all, really. No, no. About anything, really. Because I mean, I think the world is kind of on hiatus until like Monday, you know, when, when we all go back to work. But anything Definitely. you've seen or no? Nothing at all. Like not even anything adjacent. Nothing because, like you said, there has been really no news at all. So then the final thing to do before we take a break in this abbreviated intro and then come back and you and I talk about Fast and Furious Spy Racers Sahara. Before, again, Friday's episode, we will talk about it all again with Nico and Kevo, but Joe, the Fast and Furious minute, the deleted scene, slow down a bit. You guys ought to get a life. <laughs> hey, yo, dog, did you get up and out of clips? You know what I'm saying? There is no more clips. I ran into Johnny Tran. He shot the shit up like, Ow! You remember how much Nas was in that thing? Oh, no, you don't do that shit. You don't do that shit. You know what that engine's oh. worth, Dom? That's 30 large. Will you slow him down a bit? Believe me, I'm going to make sure he makes good on it. So in the scene after the buster brings Dom back to the party, Dom tells Letty, Leon, Vince, and Jesse about his encounter with Johnny Tran and how the eclipse was blown up. I think it's specifically deleted because Dom goes, like, if he didn't make that noise, it might have stayed in the movie. I still love the two noises that he makes, the gagow, bow, and the growl. Like, those are those are pretty good. <laughs> those are those things that feel very real, like, in a normal conversation. My friends and I make, like, a lot of sound effects, but never come off well in movies. I feel like this was probably cut in a similar way to why the extended fight at Race Wars was cut, that it's like foreshadowing future bad blood between Dom and Johnny Tran. And I think it's, again, like why we said we don't care about this, we don't care about that, whatever, it's all about Dom and Brian. I think him saying, oh no, Johnny Tran's going to pay. Don't you worry. I'm going to make sure he makes good on it. It's like, I get that that's kind of like a machismo thing, but it's also setting up a possible conflict that, like, the way he's describing it seems like it would be more important than the movie actually wants it to be. You know what I mean? He's he's definitely, like, over-foreshadowing there's going to be a confrontation between him and Johnny Tran. Right. Really, like, the tension right now is between Brian being a cop and Dom not knowing. And the Johnny Tran thing comes as, like, a surprise later. 
Right. And this would be like, oh, no, watch out for Johnny Tran. Like, don't forget, he's still part of this thing. And you're like, okay, cool. Like, I know that there's legitimate bad blood between Johnny Tran and Dom for all sorts of reasons that Dom's up with the sister, you know, business deal gone bad, whatever. But it does feel like adding Brian to the equation kind of accelerates all of that. He's, you know, he's the nitrous. He's the Nas in this engine that uh, makes everything go kablooey eventually, right? So (laughs) Kablow! Kablow. So this is the party scene that begins at or around minute 31. A lot of the visuals are very similar to that party scene. The one thing I noticed of particular note is that Jesse is wearing a different sort of, not coverall, that's like a different thing, but like a different shirt Flannel above kind of situation. his shirt. And so I'm wondering if this was after Dom sends him upstairs to like, you can't detail a hood or de- detail an engine with the hood on, right? Like, stop making up this girl down here, go upstairs. I wonder if like, after they went upstairs, because he shows back up downstairs almost immediately, like if he grabbed this shirt or where the shirt came from, or if they filmed this on a different day, probably not, but like a weird kind of continuity thing where it's like, everyone else is in the exact same thing that they were wearing, he's wearing something different. Practicality-wise, when you pointed that out, I was I was thinking about it, and I think that it was probably like a ton of people in this house in the summertime, and this was his normal wardrobe that he was supposed to be wearing, but then it was just so hot in the house with all these people being around, and, like, the house has, Very like, possible. Win- windows open and stuff, that he probably, like, took the shirt off to just be like, look, I'm hot, I'm just wearing this shirt, and then they were like, okay, and real, like, they'll, like, we'll fix the continuity at some point or whatever, because everybody else is wearing, like, tank tops, right? And he's the only yeah, one and like, has... and what's also weird is that Jesse's normal outfit is kind of a tank top, right? Like he's always yeah. got sleeveless shirts. So I don't know. I was just like, oh, that's not a shirt that we've seen before. And again, I didn't know that like the clothing details I was taking would ever pay off in a way. But like Vince is always in that like red sleeveless tee. Yeah, Letty's got a couple things. She's got like her sheer cam- green camo thing here. Yes, Dom's in his black muscle tee. Leon's in one of his two basketball jerseys here. He's in like, the <laughs> plain one. But yeah, I was like, Jesse, why are you wearing long sleeves? Like it's, it's a it's a strange choice, I guess. Yeah, it is. It really is. But that, I, I really think that it's probably like the actor is probably like, I'm so fucking hot in this house. Because everybody else is like almost naked, right? And they're also like glistening, right? Yeah. Like throughout that scene. So like it had to be cooking in this house. And then you well, have like a lot of the, candles adding excess heat. <laughs> candles and like movie lights. You know what sure. I mean? Like I think that it would have been really fucking hot. And a ton of people just like packed. So Speaking of movie lights and the actual art and craft of movie making it is crazy to see without oh the sound because this I is how know. they film it all the extras dancing in the background without music it's so weird dude because that's how it always happens you just don't see it or think about it but like whenever people are dancing to like whenever it's like a club scene in a movie for continuity reasons or whatever there's almost never actual music they always just film it silently They're like hey it's like this kind of music and y'all just dance to it or whatever but like boy it is it is wild to see <laughs> It's a very, very strange visual to see all these people being like, like dancing. And we, and I know the music, right? Like I know exactly what music is in this scene because we've seen it so many times. So to not hear it, it's like, oh fuck. Like my brain started adding it to the scene. Just like, oh yeah, this is what they are dancing to, but they're not. Oh, the other thing that I wanted to point out was the way that I watched this one particularly today is I knew that there was a, like I watched it once and then I obviously heard, like, it's wall-to-wall dialogue. It's, like, 29 seconds of just, like, them talking, and that's yeah. it, right? So, like, yeah. it flies by. I, like, look down, I typed all the dialogue up, and I'm like, is Vince in this scene? Because Vince doesn't have anything. I, I look up, and I'm like, oh, Vince is just being real weird in this scene, because, like, <laughs> it feels like he got the direction, like, stay active, but you don't have any dialogue. So he's, like, punching, like, he's, like, shadow boxing with Jesse, who's not reciprocating. He's, like, pushing Jesse. He's, like, trying to get, like, really into it, but, like, has no part in the scene. And so <laughs> So it's just, it's very strange to see because I was like, is he here? I was like, oh yeah, he is here. Here, there's just no reason for him to be here other than like, if he wasn't here, it would be weird. Yeah, I I agree. That's pretty funny though. Did you notice anything of particular note in this scene? I noticed, that I noticed a couple things. They have a chandelier that has seven light bulbs in it and like, you just don't see that anymore. It has like five like arm light bulbs and then like two in the middle. I was like, that's just a lot of lighting and it's on. And I'm like, for it being so dark in this room, that's like a sun level chandelier like ceiling fan type situation right yeah. like it's yeah. a ton of them letty's leaning up against a decorative like pole that's in the middle of the living room that's just like a foot away from the wall for no reason and i was like i didn't see those last time we were watching this 
it's like a column that you would like put like that would be like oh this is like a load bearing column but it's like right next to the wall so I have no idea why it's there interesting and lastly the most interesting thing I saw is that in the background behind Dom while this is going on there is a guy at the party who's just looking in a CD case to pick the new CD in the middle of this scene, which leads me to believe he's probably changing the music. And what kind of party do you have that people just like change the the CD in the middle of the party whenever they want and they're not the hosts? Maybe they offloaded that responsibility to him. I don't know. I don't know. He's like I mean, a party I, DJ? I, yeah, maybe because I mean, I, you know, I haven't really gone to many parties lately for multiple reasons, mostly pandemic. But like, I remember in college and stuff, like, there would be somebody who just like has an iPod, right? Until like somebody like steals the iPod or whatever, right? Like yeah. either steals the cord or just like takes the iPod. It's like, well, why the music stops? Like, oh, someone left an iPod there and it was stolen. So cool. Uh, but I, I, I can see them being like, yeah, like, you know, we're just, you know, we're hosting, we're entertaining, whatever. Like, you got the good taste. Like, just, you know, keep, keep the, keep the vibes going with the music or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And he's like, but he's like looking into the CD case, like maybe trying to find like the lyrics or something on like the back of the CD. And then he like looks and he like closes the CD case, like puts it back and just walks away. And I was like, damn, dude, if you're the musical DJ at the party, he needs to be a real character. I think that that's a level of friendship that would establish that he's part of the family. Well, the other thing is in the in the craft, the art and craft of movie making, it's like that guy has established an entire backstory to this character. Even though he doesn't know like this is going to become like this multi-billion dollar franchise, he's like, okay, I'm at a party. I don't have any lines. I'm just in the background, but like I'm the music guy. And like he spends his entire, like just this guy who's like, you know, an up and coming actor in Hollywood or whatever. He's just like, okay, here's my motivation. I've been tasked with the responsibility of keeping the good times going. I have access to the CD case, but I'm going above and beyond it. Like, I want to make sure that the themes and the lyrics and everything are good. So I'm going to go deep. I'm going to look in the booklet. I'm going to just like, that guy probably, I mean, like a lot of these people probably have like, maybe not that much. I don't know. That might be extreme, but like, they all have some kind of like, here's who I am. Here's what I'm doing. And it's like, yeah, to hype them up. You're right. Like to create like a backstory and like an emotional drive to like get into the scene. Yeah. Keep you motivated. Yeah. I can see people doing that. That'd be really funny. He's like, yeah, I'm music guy. And like, this is like my first time being music guy. And I want yeah. to impress Dom. So I, mm-hmm. I got to pick only bangers. Anything else of note in this deleted scene? Uh, No, that's about it. It's a quick one. And you're right. It's just like a lot of dialogue. And we've been in the house before. But the, the weird columns really blew my mind this time. So we have two more deleted scenes. We have the the next one we'll do on Friday. So I guess the first episode of Lap 8 will also have one from the first movie. It didn't work out exactly great, but it was close. But next episode on Friday, we're doing How Is Your Mother, which is at the barbecue scene outside. Oh, And then kick off Lap 8 in the Fast and the Furious. We're doing the longer deleted scene where they're in the garage and that's where the extended everything where it's like the dom and letty making out and brian and mia there and whatever so two more deleted scenes then we're finally done with the first movie we're gonna move on to the turbocharged prelude but yeah boy oh boy wow one of my friends was watching the first one for the first time and he was he asked me like if we've ever noticed something in the movie and i was like do you not know that we've had minute by minute breakdowns of this entire film and i sent him like the shot of that minute like look we know everything about this. <laughs> like, we are now, I mean, I think right now, it's going to be close, but like we're we're right around 250 pages in the Google Doc. So. <laughs> it's insanity, dude. That's so much. Too much. Too much, but that's it. All right, Joe, let's take a break, cool. and then let us head out to the desert to save Ms. Nowhere and Gary to talk about Fast and Furious Spy Racers, Sahara. episode number 158, Spy Racers, Sahara, which is season three. This episode is brought to you by SaneSmart 6-axis desktop robotic arm that is programmable. The servos are completely programmable using any microcontroller and code. Shout out to SaneSmart. Well, shout out to you, SaneSmart, and welcome back to the show. Joe, we, this is, again, a very sort of surprise drop here feel like both season two and season three hey here's a new season of a show that we're not going to really promote enjoy it does your netflix 
show you spy racers like prominently when a new season comes out because mine does and i don't know if that's because i i use it to watch so much spy racers i use streaming services different than most people because i know what i want to watch i can do so much i just read about stuff i'm like okay i'm going to netflix to watch this i'm not going to netflix to like watch netflix i'm going to watch netflix to watch this or i'm saying like when you open it though like i get banners for spy racers and i think it's no i don't think hmm, no there was another thing i don't remember what i got there okay. was some other major banner. I don't think like I don't think I got a Spy Racers banner. I might have, but I don't think I think I would have remembered if I got it. Yeah, it's like it's like it was front page for me when I opened my Netflix, which is very strange. But I guess like Rachel uses an account on my account a lot to like watch other things. My literally my account's pretty much only being used for Spy Racers and like dumb shit. So that's what cool. happens. Individualized, personalized experience of streaming platforms. Exactly. So what did you think of season three Spy Racers Sahara on a grand level? It was good. I, I again I felt like they're fucking listening to us. There was a lot of things that I mean, like, I guess we just intuitively guessed were happening. I think I liked season three, maybe a little bit better than two, even like one and three were the best ones. And two, I felt like a little lacked comparatively, but we need that bridge season. It's like it's back on a good track now. And I feel like, OK, like they're going to keep cranking these out, it seems like. So, yeah, because I think this is the first one that ends with a cliffhanger sort of which would be very funny they're like yeah we're not gonna make any more because like the first two ended in a way we're like oh that's it like we're just definitely not getting any more they're like hey here's more and this now that it's the first one it's just like could clive kelso be alive it's like well i don't know maybe yeah they do a very um splinters hand raises right like shredder shredder not splinter sorry i don't like this is not for me and i feel like (laughs) the first half like the first four or five episodes of this i was just like god damn like the seventh episode of this the one that's called robo cleave is maybe my favorite episode of the show for different reasons we'll get to that but like okay the end of this season ended in a way where i was like oh i am really on board with this oh cool again Good. Like, not like really on board like not like i like this more than like when we did the nico and kevo rankings we're gonna talk to we're gonna talk to them about it on friday's episode um hear what they think but like when kevo has the first two seasons that's his two favorite fast like i'm like mm, not really for me like i don't know where they would rank for me but like pretty low if pretty only low. because yeah. i like the other stuff more again not bad but it's also not for me not that it's really for, you know, it's it's a Y7 show. It's a young, it's a young kid show, whatever, right? But, like, yeah. I mean, it is also, it is for us, right? It's, like, yeah. for diehards. But I like the first half. I really like the end of it. Um, I hope we get more, cause it's just because it's cool to see. I do feel like we are for, far enough down the rabbit hole now that, like, any hope of, like, crossovers or cameos or whatever, like, we're not getting those. Like, we're just, this is our world. These are our characters. We're done. If anything, they're going back the other way. Right. The only thing I can see them is, like, they show up in the films which is even gonna be kind of hard maybe tony could show up but i don't think that you're gonna include like echo or frosty and the characters that we get in this season are identical to season two there's plus two new ones there's matsuo mori who is this asian dude with a robotic arm who i really thought was just sashi from the first season for a long time oh that would have been good or if he's like i'm that's Johnny what trans whatever but no he's not He's introduced in a way, I'm like, do we know, like, I'm like, he's, this he's, is what I'm saying, yes, this is why I kept thinking with Sasha, I was like, it doesn't look like him, and like, this is weird that he has like an accent now, and like, that's kind of strange, and then I was like, oh no, he's just a completely separate character, but the build is kind of the same, he's just mm-hmm. missing an arm, and I'm like, did we like miss some backstory with it, like, or like, did I miss a scene where Sashi gets his arm cut off at the end of the first one, and like, goes to jail, because he's like in jail next to Rafaela, so I'm like, it would make sense that it's like, these are the two people that were put in jail by the Spy right. Racers, like, now they're Back and it's not so he's new and then there's also this guy i think ziri who is basically frosty but like for the villains kind of like he's just like a little hacker kid essentially yes who yes. loves drones there's a couple other new guys but that those are like the main the two main characters yeah because we have our main crew again with ms nowhere and gary and all the kids and we also have cleave kelso back from the first one we have yep. Raphael back from the second one and we've got matsuo who's kind of the third but like that's kind of it and like it, it converges in a way that we were saying in previews of this kind of felt like an all-stars like hey all your favorites are back or whatever right but it's yeah it also feels reminiscent of like crossroads in a couple different ways dude it i've got so much crossroad vibes a couple in this. other things but it, it feels like we're entering into a, a sort of a broader shared universe in a way so i realized because like last time 
the episode descriptions for this are still not on Wiki because I think just nobody gives a shit. Like people, I think the cross section of people who update Wikipedia and the people who watch Spy Racers are just two separate circles. Like they do not overlap. So yeah. I don't think like the descriptions. But if you pause Netflix, it writes the description. So I grab the description for each. So I think oh, we cool. can just go episode by episode, talk about it for a little bit. Because cool. I feel like with Nico and Kevo, we'll do like broad themes or whatever. But here we can go a little bit and see what we got. So the first episode called the Giant Haboob which is uh, a name for a big storm, dust storm. Tony can't figure out why Echo was picked over him for spy school. Ms. Nowhere and Gary pursue a trio of familiar villains in Africa. Well, it's not a trio familiar. There's two familiar, and then there's a third guy, right? So, Although, yeah. I guess she knows Matsuo. We don't know Matsuo. Yeah. What did you think of these first episode? That was like a fun introduction with them like both being in prison. You had to see Raffaella again. In an ice prison. In ice prison. I thought that was interesting. And like you have to deal with like them coming in on like ice jet skis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Lasering through the thing and him getting the arm. I was like, oh, this is just like a fun introduction. I was like, it started on a good note. I also thought it was kind of cool that we thought this was going to be a season in the desert and we start in ice. And then we also yes. start with the villains, which I think is kind of a cool subversion of expectations. I agree with that. I really, really do. Um, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, oh, for it being set in the desert later, like, we knew it was because the trailer. So I'm like, okay, to start in ice and water is, like, perfect. I love that. And then we go back to, I guess, L.A. where the kids are, and, like, they're making a music video, essentially, and this is where Tony is seemingly, like, ghost riding the whip, and he's doing this whole dance thing. And then he and his car try to do backflips, and they both land on their back, or the car lands on his hood. And he says his catchphrase, Aww. which was never a catchphrase before, but is said in every episode from here on out, aw, lug nuts. Aw, lug nuts, yes. <laughs> which I really, really liked. This was just like a nice kitty-type touch that made me really happy. Just like, aw, lug nuts. Like, this is just something that I was like, oh, that's, that's very fun. But when he's doing that thing, by the way, he goes by a shop that says, no chain, no gain. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's nice, too. So he becomes like a viral sensation online that everyone around the world, everywhere they go. Because he's imitating. You're the lug nuts guy. Yeah, he's imitating a video that he saw about this kid who does a backflip with his car, and he can't complete the backflip with his car. And when he does the video, like when he tries to make it, he fails and says all lug nuts, and then he becomes viral for messing it up. He's car right. fail guy. Which I guess they still they uploaded the fail as opposed to the success. But like the guy, yeah. we eventually find out that in the end, Frosty 2, Ziri, is the guy who did the backflip anyway. So, like, we have both of them. All roads lead home, right? Exactly. We find out that Echo's real name is Margaret Pearl, which, okay, sure. She gets inducted into, like, Ms. Nowhere runs a spy school, and they take Echo, but they don't take Tony, and he goes super goth, which is kind of incredible i dude i loved emo tony and like the whole like my life has no meaning and and like him just like doing the the goth brooding with he has eyeliner on and everything i really enjoyed it i thought it was fun what's also disappointing about tony but i think it's it's nice that it's so overt here is that like his male fragility is really showing because he's like i don't know why she gets to go like i'm tony toretto like i'm in charge here why am i not picked it's like well because echo's better than you at literally everything that she does yeah you just like dick around and get lucky into the point like she's like actually the spy right like finally at the end of this season tony does i think maybe the first thing he's ever done like he actually saves the day in this for the maybe the first time in the three seasons yeah and i'm like oh look at you you actually did a thing he's very upset but it's like dude she deserves it in every way she does he says like when we're talking about it and he's like bitching about that you know because they get like a very hogwartsy type situation where or like college acceptance letters where like he she's like oh cool i'm going to spy school and his is just like rejected yeah (laughs) and they're like okay come on echo you're off he says something that i thought was really funny he was like i was born to be a spy leader i'm a toretto and i was like oh god can you imagine if we would have heard that like when the first movie came out he now says like i know that dom is a leader of spies you know, like, that's mm-hmm. my destiny, not just, like, a car racer or a mechanic or a thief. We get what I, I was kind of hoping for, like, a crossover that I knew would never happen, but, like, part of the spy school, Echo is parachuting out of a plane, and she's playing mental chess, like, she's getting fed chess moves yes. to her headset, and then, like, playing the game in her head, and then landing and doing an actual move, and she loses, but I'm like, oh, please give us, like, a Queen's Gambit crossover here, like... <laughs> 
just Netflix, like, pull out all stops or whatever and just, like, but no, no. Chess does come back later. Like, I'm going to know this informant by, like, I'll know, you won't know. It's, like, the guy playing chess, like, with the board exactly the way it was. Like, that feels like a stretch, but, like, at least it came back, right? But whatever. Miz and Nowhere and Gary are going to take down these villains. They see the ice breakout or whatever, the breakout of the ice prison. They get taken down in this dust storm, so they get stranded in the Sahara. That's what sets up the entire season, like the rescue mission. The weird thing was that it feels like in this first episode, they set up, and again, this might be like the gum thing from the first season. It's like, oh, gum never comes back. Like, look at all these gums, whatever. It seems like VR is going to be like, oh, look at all these ways we can use VR. And then VR like never comes back. Like drones come back in a big way. The VR and the drones are intimately linked in this universe. Okay. Frosty uses it a bunch when he's like, oh, I need to see behind the car later and stuff That's like that. That's a very cool thing. I did make a note of that. But it feels like VR is going to be like the thing. And like it kind of is, but it's more the drones. But like, I don't remember specifically how it's set up in, season, in episode one. But I'm like, this feels like VR is like the way that they're going to do it. And like, it kind of is, but not really. Like it should have been yeah. like more drone heavy, maybe. But I don't know. It's Yeah. Episode two, the dead end. Echo leads the spy racers to the Sahara to find Cleve Kelso. But when they're all captured, Layla and Tony must win a dune buggy race for their freedom. Echo comes back because Mrs. No- Miss Nowhere's gone. And she's like, oh, like, we need to go to the Sahara and find them. They realize that Layla somehow has been here before. Or they're, like, on the plane. And they do, like, the whole, like, nobody pays attention to Echo now because she's Miss Nowhere. But they, like, get there and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I've been here before. Like, I know exactly where this is. It's like, why? And not only has she been everywhere, but, like, she has pissed people off everywhere. Like, the reason that yes! she's in... Because it feels like in season one she was part of the crew and then season two she wasn't. But now she's back, if only because in the first episode she steals a bike and is like, I gotta get out of town. They're like, oh, just come with us. It's like, well, I thought you were part of the thing, but now yeah, same. maybe not. I guess when you want to. But, like, what else are you doing, Layla, aside from, like pissing people off everywhere you go and i thought she was firmly in in the family now apparently not she just like comes and goes as she pleases so but they do halo jump out like tom cruise in mission impossible fallout and they're all wearing like that kind of squirrel suit sort of squirrel cape whatever that ms nowhere wore in a previous season which nico was crazy about but that's you know kind of another another vehicle but we get the buggies here which is another vehicle that you know buggies are gonna come back into play a little bit later but the buggies are one of the major vehicles of season two or season three, and what I liked about this is at the end, they do kind of an Ocean's Eleven style, like, how we did the heist, and, like, they have, like, the whole yes. dropping of the key and everything, which is kind Dude. of a cool reveal. Like, there's another one of those later, which we'll talk about, that, like, they don't show all the answers, but here it's like, want to know how we stole our buggies? Here's how we did it, and, like, they, it's pretty cool. I looked down at my phone for the later one for, like, two seconds. I looked up, and I was like, I missed a ton, and it was like, there's no way I miss it that fast, so I'm like, I'm just gonna keep going and see what happens here. I rewound was... a few things because, like, as I was taking notes or whatever, I like went yeah. back. And, like, I don't know what, and so I rewound. Like, but there's one specifically, explicitly, where like Gary and Ms. Nowhere are in a van that explodes. We see explode. We then find out like how the spy racers got to the van. They have this, this dummy yeah. helicopter, this dummy like glider or whatever. Well, they kind of hinted to that, so I was like, okay, they like definitely like sent the, just the gliders in, so they didn't die. But then they just should show up with Miss Nowhere and Gary. Yeah, and, and I'm so like, they, they show what? how they jumped out of the glider and whatever. And then the like, Ms. Nowhere is just like, that was need to know only. And they just don't. It's like, oh, like yeah. we didn't actually figure out how they got out of the van. Like, you know, in Mission Impossible 3, slight, slight spoiler for Mission Impossible 3, there is a very nice sports car that blows up. And Tom Cruise, I think, was in it. Somebody was in it, right? And you find out that it was parked over a manhole cover, and they went through the bottom of the car, through the manhole cover, and that's how they escaped. But here, like, there's no indication. Like, they're in the desert, right? There's no yeah. manhole cover in the desert. It's just, like, we don't know how they escaped, uh, so it's just, like, spy shit that we're not going to tell you about. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of a cop-out, but also a little funny, so I don't know. I, I really liked it. I think it's... Because you're in animation, right? And, like, things mm-hmm. happen so fast. You're just like, we don't need to explain everything to you. Like, we've established that they could do it. So, like, we don't have to show you how they did it. So just, like, just go. Here we go. Skip along. More of the story. Keep going. The big, I guess, action set piece. There's two action set pieces. There's one that kind of feels like the Assassin's Creed video games where they're, like, parkour running through wherever, whatever city, whatever town they're in, which I felt like kind of felt like a little bit Assassin's Creed. But then there's a dune buggy race, which feels very reminiscent of the downhill escape in Crossroads. I don't know if you remember that, but like there's like the boulder. Oh, yes, that's exactly the notes that I took too, buddy. And what's weird is they both start in like a military compound. That, that looks identical, dude. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, the layout is almost the same as the one in Crossroads. Just the shape of it in yeah. the middle of the desert, like in mm-hmm. the thing, that's the first thought that I had. 
It's very yeah. weird. And meanwhile, Raffaella and Matsuo are kind of pulling a Hobbs and Shaw, sort of like breaking in to get weapons, but they actually get the weapons, and so that's where he gets his laser arm, and she gets some other stuff, and they're a, they're like overpowered now, and they just have, you know, crazy abilities, basically. They get both get hand things. Iron Man fists, essentially. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. what they get, yeah. Now, he's basically the Winter Soldier, and she's Iron Man, essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. The next episode, and stop me if you have any more notes, the next episode, The Empty Well, the Spy Racers help a village with a water well that's run dry. Meanwhile, Ms. Nowhere and Gary try to make contact from the middle of dot 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 nowhere. Yes, this one was very, very interesting. Because as they're driving, we get the first cool reference that I was like, oh shit, this could this could be interesting and meaningful. As they're driving, he's like, oh, this is the same dunes as was in the car flip video. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, it looks like the same pattern my Aunt Maria's moles have. Neck moles have. Mm-hmm. So he references Aunt Maria, who we haven't heard about before, right? Right. Obviously, no, gra- I think Grandma. Grandma Maria, Grandma's neck moles, but yes. And then Layla says, ew, does it always have to be about family? Yes, because I made that note too. It's like, oh, we're building out the, the world of the Toretto's a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this. so is this Dom's mom? Or is it don't someone know. else? We don't know. Don't know. We also get a little bit of a funny bit here of Gary providing literal manpower from his nowhere as he's riding an exercise bike to power her, like, fan and her <laughs> ice machine and whatever. What is this joke about pork pie? Didn't she, wasn't she eating pork pies in another one, too? I think this is, like, a throwback that she, like, really enjoys pork pies. Yeah, so she's microwaving, like, a Hot Pocket. And she's like, I want my Hot Pocket lava hot. The big thing from this episode is, like, the weirdest thing. So they have this, like, transmitter, right? And the way the transmitter is, it sends an SOS beacon, essentially. But it just dials a random number. I'm like, how would, like, any machine in the world ever be coded to do that? And they call a number, and it's like a radio contest. And then they call this, like, woman in Minnesota or something. Karen. Karen. In Wisconsin. Wisconsin, sorry, Wisconsin. She's just like, oh yeah, here's my recipe or whatever. And like she like, but she like pulls through because like the next episode <laughs> or something, the spy racers get like a, a cookie recipe, like a ginger snaps recipe, but also know that Ms. Nowhere and Gary are like nearby. It's like, what the fuck? Like, how, what? <laughs> I don't know. I thought this too. This was like one I was like, I gotta chalk this one up to animation and children's shows because like they have they have all this at like information and things and it's like it'll it'll hit the satellite but it only dials random numbers and you're like okay I I guess <laughs> like I guess sure. you wanted to put these two jokes in there and that's fine but like could it be like the lines were crossed or something like no it just dials random numbers sure I liked Echo grinding down a staircase banister on top of a metal sheet oh, she's kind of like that. skateboarding down which was super super cool yes yes very very cool it's also the first of like three or four times where a spy racer essentially sacrifice like this is a very fast and furious thing where she sacrifices herself like hey i'm gonna go like on a suicide mission but i gotta save the world and then of course she gets saved right but it's like one of those like oh i'm not going to make out of this and then 30 seconds later she pops out somewhere else right the other cool spy racers moment in this one is cisco actually fighting and flexing some strength because i felt like so later this season Cisco gets, he like falls off his camel and gets left behind, right? So like they have to do this whole mission without Cisco. Yes. And I kind of forgot that Cisco wasn't in the mission. Like a hundred percent same. The description of the episode is like missing one key member. And I'm like, oh no, like he just, he doesn't fit in. Like he doesn't belong. I don't know if there's just too many guys, but like Frosty's the hacker and Echo's the leader and Tony's the goofball and Layla's like the one who gets shit done. But like, I don't know what Cisco does he needs to be the muscle he is the muscle and he he is here which is a nice change of pace but like he doesn't do like they all kind of fight like it's kind of the same thing like in the regular movies where it's like they're all hackers now they're all drivers now they're all fighters now like you can't just have a fighter because it's like yeah but we can all fight right so like cisco stood out to me in this episode because he actually did something and then later when he wasn't there i was like oh right yeah because like they show him later i'm like oh right he wasn't there okay i thought that this season now that you brought it up that this was actually very anti-Fast and the Furious in a way that we bitch about the main franchise and that like there's a lot of scenes in this one where it's like Frosty why don't you drive now and Frosty's like I can't drive and then like it the resolution isn't that Frosty just like becomes an expert driver it's that like they just go back to the roles that they need to do yeah yeah they like refocus and they're like oh no like let Frosty hack and then let Cisco drive and let like Tony drive Echo, be in charge of the plan. Tony, you come up with the dumb plan. And, like, this is the roles that we need to play here, as opposed to, like, everybody's really great at everything all of a sudden. Yeah, because there was a moment in this episode where I wrote down, wait, does Frosty not know how to drive? And he does, but it's like, that's just not what you do. It's like No, oh. no, he doesn't. He didn't. And then, like, learned immediately. Okay, because he, he is driving, like, 
in the next episode or something. Yes, yeah, exactly. But he's also not good at it. That's what he's. That's the point. It is a weird thing, though, kind of. Yeah, I did like the idea that they were like, oh, just go back to doing what you're good at, and then you'll be good. The next episode, The Hunt, with Kelso's lair in their sights, the team gets dragged into an epic dune buggy chase through the desert. Layla clashes with an old enemy. So the last episode ended with kind of like a Fury Road-esque pursuit of the family at the end by all the villains. Like they're like leaving this like yes. crazy colorful assault of all these different vehicles through the desert, which I thought was very But the cool. thing is they're fighting their own vehicles too. Yes. Because they like lost their own vehicles that got stolen, so. What I thought was really cool about this scene is that they're essentially at one point like jet skiing on sand behind the dune buggies, which I thought was a very cool thing. Yeah, I like that too. They're like kind of like surfing, like the skimboarding, like behind a boat type thing. That was really awesome. There was like a lot of like cross car fighting cables shit going on here that was just like wild, so. Yeah. <laughs> Layla's like, not the blue button, don't push the blue button, like in this other guy's car. It was her, because it's her car, because she knows the layout of oh, the car. Oh, it's her car. Okay, okay, that's, that's what the... I missed, because I was like, how would she know what it does? And like, he, I'm like, I don't understand that, but okay, that makes more sense. They stole the Spy Racer's car, so she's like, don't push the blue button in my car. I feel like me, like, I tried to do, like, the responsible thing, and I watched this across four days, and I feel like that kind of hurt me, that I'm like, I don't have it all fresh in my mind, because I yes. watched this spending, you know, 24 hours between episodes, I was like, oh, I don't remember what actually went on here. <laughs> it's totally fine. If, if we can if we can kind of cover both bases of, like, me getting the through lines, but you getting the pieces, I think that we could actually put Spy Racers together. There's, like, a lot of stuff that's just, like, I mean, it's, it's a kid's show, so, like, there's stuff that's just, like, I don't fucking remember this at all. Or if it is a callback or something, I don't yeah. know. But then this is where, we mentioned this before, what I really like is this is where Frosty uses his drone to turn his real-life car driving into like a driving video game it's like i hate this angle like when in video in, in car racing video games like i hate this angle of the car like let me fix that and like he just has the car the drone go like behind him yep to, to get kind of that like normal car racing out that's like oh that's a really cool little like wink nod touch whatever like when we were playing the game like crossroads like you can see the cars coming up behind you and on all the sides you get a better view to like do interesting maneuvers to like bump them off the road so it made perfect sense yeah i was waiting for this to happen because it was like i can't i hate this view and you're like yeah dude you have the drone come on just do it there's also another really nice thing in this episode that i don't think has been in a fast and furious movie i've seen in other things it's been in video games but they have auto reflating like re like never flats like the automatic reflating reinflating tires and somebody makes a joke like that thing's basically a 10 second tank, which I liked. But like, yeah, there's little things like that where we're like, how has that not been in a movie? Because like, it's a thing that exists. It's in the car. Run it's flats. in the, the cartoon. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Tony was like very, very sad to destroy his car. That was like the big crux of this episode. He's like, no, I didn't even get to drive it yet. And you're like, bro, like you're a spy now. They're just going to make you a new one. Chill. Like, and then some guy says to Layla at the end, does your family know they can't trust you? It's like, well, wh- like, where is this? Like, where? I, why? Why is Layla the villain? Like, I don't understand that. She's always the villain because she's been the villain. Yeah, that she's always like a secondary villain, like within their own cores, but like doesn't do anything to deserve that. Like she was like, okay, she was like in the villainage of the first one. And then like in the second one, she was mind controlled. So like, that's not her fault. Third one. Now she's like, they're like, you can't trust her. It's like, no, dude, we've established she's fine. It's okay. She's okay. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Um, The next episode, the Bedouin Shield, a hurricane in the Sahara. The team finds shelter with a group of Bedouins to escape a storm's wrath. Ms. Nowhere and Gary make an unexpected discovery. This felt to the point where, like, I felt we were getting very crossroads because we've been in the desert for a very long time at this point. So (laughs) in the sense of, like, just just driving through sand, I was like, yeah, I really am getting crossroad vibes now because we're just driving through sand like the whole time <laughs> i mean i know that the season's called sahara but like at one point they're like we only have two more days of supplies i'm like okay i was hoping that he was gonna say oh no two more hours of supplies and i was like cool we're gonna get to the base to fight them soon but it was yeah it okay. took a little bit extra time it took a little, a little bit, bit more time time. this episode either starts off or like very early on matsuo is explaining like why he couldn't kill tony he says a family unit could become like a spider web stronger yes. than an iron chain i was like oh that's a cool way of describing it. I like that. I like that a lot. I yeah, I caught that one too. Matsu, he never mind. We'll get to the turn. Yeah, because like he's he's not actually evil. He's being mind kind of like again. season two, a little bit mind controlled, sort of, right? The arm messes with his brain, but you could see like in all of these things that he's like really not trying to be a super bad guy, right? Which makes it worse that Raphael is just like naturally evil. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. just like sucks. <laughs> 
Like, that's what they're trying to say. And I'm like, very interesting choice, but cool. And even Matsuo winds up hating Raphael. Like, even when he's like a bad guy, he's like, man, you were just like the worst, right? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hates her when he's being mind controlled to be a bad guy. Like, that's how bad it is. But this is the episode, I think, where we finally find out like the the main thrust, like the, the villains, like Cleve's plan, which is a weather control machine. Um, they to... want to make a tornado cane which is the size of a hurricane with the wind speed of a tornado. His ultimate major, major goal is to put up these weather satellites to change the weather and destroy all the major cities in the world because he owns the Sahara Desert, and then he's going to turn that into an oasis and <sighs> charge everyone to move there. He's going to be like the world's shittiest landlord, and I, there's a big competition for that, so hats off to him. That's a good villain. It does feel like it's a m- more specific plan than we've ever got like a more oh that's actually like a plan that we've gotten than in most like what charlie's plan accountability question mark like we don't know but it's also like this doesn't even seem remotely feasible this doesn't seem remotely feasible no i mean like i know that he has a weather machine but like it seems like the amount of work that would need to go to destroy every major city is like whoa okay well not if you had weather satellites everywhere it wouldn't be that hard but i do like that this is like this is a trope or like this has been a goal a mission of villains in like many movies like there was a movie from 1998 called the avengers not our actual Avengers, but this other movie called The Avengers, which starred Sean Connery, where they were trying to also combat a weather machine. So I was like, oh, okay, like that's, like movies have been about this before. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is just Cleve Kelso's version of it or whatever. Yeah, makes sense. So I guess we're to believe that he probably created the Haboob too that brought down Gary yes. Miz nowhere at the beginning, right? That's his uh, defense mechanism around his base, because his base is in the middle of it. It's like essentially like a guard wall or like a, you know, a moat around his castle. We also get a new vehicle of sorts in this episode, camels. Yeah, you're right. And animals. We don't really get animals too much, so camels and, yeah. We also have a camel race in here, where if Tony beats Kareem, he wants Kareem's help for their mission, and Tony kind of backs his way into a win, because he's got, he's like, he's stuck with this, like, slow, flat-footed, big-footed, whatever camel, and this camel just, like, walks around quicksand, and I was like, are they really doing quicksand again? But, like, they reference things, like, I know all about quicksand. It's like, okay, cool. Like, as long as they made a nod to it, but I'm like, are you really going to go to the quicksand well again, like, that you just did? But but it's more of the, like, a throwback than, like, yes. they're not d- redoing quicksand, yeah. He's like, trust me, I know. This goes back to what you were saying earlier, like, it feels like this, they're doing things in a better way than, like, the main movies are, kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, like, if you were a kid that really watch this you'd be like oh cool quicksand again but like not like they're doing quicksand again so we found out matsuo's backstory in this that he was a nuclear scientist who worked for cleave in japan i was wondering tokyo maybe maybe tokyo drift and a meltdown a nuclear meltdown nearly killed him but cleave saved his life with tech that matsuo had, had invented to which Raphaela just says nerd which i'm like okay like you're you're in love with this dude like you're gonna be like <laughs> whatever Raffaella's storyline this time is so weird with like that sh- she's but she's not like in love with him and she keeps saying that tony's her stalker which i really liked <laughs> that like instead of instead of him being like like i'm an evil villain and he's trying to arrest me she's like he's like obsessed with me <laughs> like he's a stalker and i thought that was really funny like the idea that you know that like sh- in her mind she's just so lovely that he loves her so much he keeps chasing her down. I felt like in season two, she was a cool character, like a sort of a positive body affirmation and like this kind of a caricature, but kind of also like a well-rounded character. And here she's just like a bunch of different tropes that like don't seem to blend with one another. No. Yeah. Yeah. She's like typical teen girl tropes kind of thing. I get it. Or just like thirsty woman, essentially. Yeah. I f- <sighs> yeah. I always like feel like this is more like teen tropes, like, you know, just discovering boyfriends type thing, you know? Yeah. I can see that. that. Yeah, okay, so then Ms. Nowhere captured Matsuo and shut down his arm, but now, he says, the wolf has returned. And this is when Layla finally kind of confesses to or admits her criminal past, but she refers to it as something that is close to our hearts. She calls it, do you remember what she calls it? No, what does she call it? Extracurricular shenanigans. Oh! <laughs> this is where Echo is like, we failed, we don't have enough stuff, we can't get them, I'm a bad leader, we didn't do it. And Tony says, we never do the smart thing. That's why we're a great team. And Echo says, that doesn't make any sense. And he says, neither does most of the stuff I do. So like, truth. They're leaning into Tony, like understanding he's an idiot, but like, it's still, I guess he's just an do idiot. something, right? 
Yeah, yeah. This is at the end of the episode. Miz Nowhere and Gary get captured by the villains, and they're being tortured. They're tied upside down. I like the. I did like the scene of like them trying to talk about like what they're gonna, how they're gonna torture them. He's like, "Wait, you're gonna like not let them take pictures of themselves?" She's like, "Yeah, nobody will see them. I'll give them shitty makeup and <laughs> and like cut their hair off or something." It was like, it was just so dumb and weird, and I really like that. The next episode, the Eye of the Sahara, as Kelso. Closes in on his evil goals, the spy racers face a tough decision in the remote desert. Will they follow their heads or their hearts? We get some very cool tech in here that we've not seen in the movies where they have like spray paint that doubles as a tracking device, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and we get Echo back to doing graffiti, which was like, or like, you know, painting, which was her kind of thing, so. Yeah, she's like, I miss doing street art, right? Yeah, exactly. This is where Cisco gets separate. He falls off his camel. And gets separated in the storm. Echo goes back to like return with Cisco, but like Cisco just keeps getting like I don't know if he's just bad in the sand, but it feels like Cisco is just like not able to keep up like this entire season. Well, I think he's just like too heavy for the camel, so his camel lags behind, and they're like going a lot faster than he is. And he also doesn't seem like he's doing well riding the camel. But yeah, they they keep just like leaving him behind. We get a drone battle here because there's a drone battle earlier in the season where. Frosty, like, they're in, like, some kind of, like, drone fight club, right? And he loses, but, like, gets It's a triathlon. Yeah. Triathlon. But, like, it's, like, a one-on-one, like, kind of, like, what's that? What was that show? Battlebots? But, like, drones, right? Yeah, yeah. But there was, there was, like, a drone racing part, which is on TV and fun to watch if you've never watched it. And then there was, like, a Battlebots, and then there was also, like, a talent portion. And they did the talent portion at the end, not the Battlebots portion at the end. So, good luck repairing your shit, right? Okay, right. cool. Um, <laughs> this is where we have a drone battle here, where it's Frosty's DJ drones versus Kelso's drones. We also get, like, drone gliders, which they use camel power to gain speed and altitude. And they, like, drag these, like, essentially, like, old-timey, like, Wright Brothers sort of planes yeah. into the air yeah. that are just gliders, drone-powered, whatever. And they just use the drones for, like, hovering, but they need to get them up first, because there's, you know, they're in a sandstorm. And this is where Cisco sacrifices himself to lure the drones away. So, like, again, Cisco, after he, you know, got lost before and comes back, he, like, gets, he intentionally gets lost this time, you know, try to save the family. I really thought that that was Tony that did that, and then whenever Cisco got, like, was, like, in the middle of the desert, like, in the sand, I was like, why is Cisco lost again? And I was like, did he just get get left behind? And then I was like, no, sorry, I just mixed them up. Because, like, you know, they're wearing, like, helmets or whatever and flying and kind of sound the same a little bit so this next episode though after cisco sacrifices himself this is my favorite episode this is robo cleave minus one key member again key might be a little bit of an overstatement the team makes a final push to infiltrate kelso's base to stop him from unleashing his diabolical plan and this was maybe the coolest thing i've ever seen in one of these episodes cisco gets a godlike and god-sized vision from his monkey donut from the last season and i was like this is like the weirdest, most surreal. Like, I don't know what happened, but like, it feels like this episode. Like, we're gonna make, we're gonna just do weird shit because, like, this it's fun. show is pretty much grounded in some sort of reality. Like, there's like crazy car stuff, but like, yeah. it's not like there's just insane drug fueled things. But here, there's like a hundreds of tall foot monkey that's like Cisco. You need to like, you know, when you're lost, like shout this or whatever. And, like he's like coaching him back. I'm like, this is so weird and unexpected and cool. It kind of reminded me, isn't it like, it's either in The Lion King or Aladdin that they have like one, like, is it like Mufasa, like Simba, like from the sky? Oh, from the sky? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it reminded me a lot of that, but it's like, I am Donut and your monkey can talk now, you know? So we also get here, another thing that I thought was like a little bit weird, which is really cool, is that we get, which you were sort of lamenting last season, we didn't get a ton of but we get one of those like alternate style animation what if moments where Gary's talking about like what if Ms. Nowhere wants to escape to save the kids, but she's like, I also know that like if we get caught or whatever, you know, we're gonna get radiated or Gary's talking about like we're gonna get radiated and experimented on and turn into Raphael and Matsuo's body doubles, or maybe it's the other way around and like, you know, they're gonna be like these perfect body doubles that they're going to like be the cannon fodder. I'm like, this is just like such a weird <laughs> hyper specific where like he's going to be Matsuo with a robot arm then realizes he's more of Raphael's body shape might be her. <laughs> yeah. And they have like the, they take these little like silhouettes, right? And they have like the hair, Raphael's like purple, big pink and blue hair or whatever on one and like Matsuo's robot arm and just switch them so like it's Gary's cut out <laughs> wearing her hair. I'm like, again, just so weird and just kind of quirky and wonderful. Yeah, you could do all kinds of fun stuff like this in animation. I think that season two kind of lost a little bit of this way 
And I'm glad that it's coming back now. Me too. Yeah. We also have, again, another weird thing. We have Rad Roth's, Rad Raff's Hot Hostage Vid. What is this? I don't remember. This is her music video that they're shooting. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. And with the van blowing up. She sends them like a 3D Tupac hologram on their watches of her shooting this music video which is actually really fun so she gets like a full musical number which is great and she's just like oh check it out i got miss nowhere and gary come get them you know metaphorically like putting her back into it like she's going all out in a way that she does not need to but it's very on brand and i like that part of it and it was fun this was really fun yeah very on brand and then they're like then there's a big chase right as they're trying to escape the villains and whatever they're jacking vehicles and like they're kind of doing like jumps from one to another like it's kind of Mad Max, kind of Fast and Furious. Like it's it's very cool. Again, more of the desert things, but yes, yeah, more desert. I mean, yeah, it's just like if you, if you don't like desert stuff, like you're not going to be into the season. But I was like, come on, man! Like we've done this before. Like we did this last episode. Then we get the what we said we talked about before, where they have the van escape that Ms. Nowhere is like, you don't need to know. So we're not gonna we're not gonna find out how we found out there. They fly empty drones over the van. They blow it up. But then like a minute later, when they like show up like right after this explode, does that end? Does the episode end with the explosion, or does it end after that? This episode. So in this episode, they have the hand to hand combat in Kelso's lair, and then Tony hits Matsuo's arm with an EMP shock charge. We'll come back. I okay, guess yeah. very, I guess too fast, but also six maybe. Where they I have was thinking like, both. Yeah, I have both. There's that. There's also like I don't remember if it's this one or the final episode, but like a lot of the hand-to-hand combat. I think it might be the final one between the music and the style of fighting. It's the last one. It is very reminiscent of like the Prison Break in Fate, but like a lot of this hand-to-hand combat, like in this kind of like not prison, but like just feel like this claustrophobic like lots of stuff's going on i felt more of it because they call all the 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 other people to come together to help fight it felt more hobbs and shaw to me okay banning together like an extended family like they like arrive here and like need to like use those peoples to help and that's what it kind of and and all the hand-to-hand combat fighting but you're right yeah i could definitely see the like fate with the prison scene too yeah i think this episode ends with cleave sends off four rockets and Frosty and what's his name, Ziri? They're like becoming fast friends. They're like, let's after this, let's go get that Yoka. And he's like, and Frosty's like, I thought that flavor was banned because it had pure neon in it. And he's like, no, there's there's no rules in the Sahara. I was like, okay, all yeah. right, <laughs> cool, yeah. And they blow up all four rockets that Cleve launched, but like his mega storm is gonna come in the last episode. So I don't remember when the explosion is, but it might be here. Or I don't know. So the rockets are in the air. Yes, they blow up four of them, but like not, I guess not the big one or whatever, right? Well, he has like an extra one too. He like launches. He's like, oh no, I got like a secret. Sp- special extra rocket and they're like oh fuck only he knows about it yeah because in the sirocco fire explosion this is the season finale the showdown in the sahara comes to a fiery end when a swirling megastorm threatens to take out everything in its path including the spy racers yeah oh and this is when cisco comes to the rescue he's like never leave family behind baby saves the day because they're in a tough spot but like i'm just like oh yeah cisco was gone i forgot that's that's exactly what happened to me too i was like i totally forgot cisco was a part of this team like we we went with like an episode and a half without him and i was like boop gone which is unfortunate but yeah i don't know like i would definitely like notice if like echo wasn't there right yeah because like she has a place on the team right like he you said that he is the muscle but like they don't actually use his muscle no they really don't part of the plot of this episode is that tony is going to road ride a motorcycle to the top of a rocket about to launch which is like okay also it's really funny because we've established like i forget what season it's in but that's a throwback too that like tony can't ride the motorcycle remember yes maybe it was last season that he's like on the motorcycle and keeps like driving it around in circles or something and like fucking it up so yeah that was pretty funny and then this is where we have matsuo's sort of heel reverse heel turn i guess because i think it's echo who has the katana and cuts his arm off Raphael is about to kill cisco she says her catchphrase sort of she says ciao big boy not ciao uggo and then matsuo saves him so I was like, oh, okay. Like, also kind of, you know, he hates he hates Raffaella, but it's also like, I'm also going to help the Spy Racers. The thing that we don't get in this a lot is like additions to the family. Like we got like Layla, right? But like, I was like, okay, I think we're going to keep adding characters. And they don't really do that as though they, but they bring in characters that feel like those kind of people. Like even the like, the guy that like Layla like scorned in the Sahara that stole the cars, but it's like comes to help them at the end. I was like, oh, is he going to join the family now? And it's like, no, it's just going to be these guys. But like, we keep having these people. And I was like, oh, so like Matsua, he's going to like join the family now. And it's like, no, he just is going to help them here. That's he just it. helps. It's a one-off. 
which is just one off. Yeah, like we don't get that a lot. What the show does well, the movies don't, is that they know that. I think they already know. They they must realize on some level, like that Cisco, like their, their teams already won Cisco too big, right? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. More. Yeah. Because I also like that this season, like they kind of flesh like Gary keeps becoming a little bit more of a character. Like he's kind of like a caricature, yeah. but like he's got stuff going on. But they're more interested in developing what they have than adding new people, which is thank you. Like yes, please. Like <laughs> I don't need Raphael on the team. I don't need Kelso on the team. I don't need yep. Matsuo on the team. Let's just focus on what we have. Let's give Cisco. You know, let Echo lead, but like let Cisco have character traits. I absolutely agree. That's what I was saying. Like, to the fault of, like, us keep adding people back, oh, I'm glad that they just, like, have these people that they run into and then we just, like, get rid of them. Like, that's yeah. fine by me. And then, much like his cousin Dominic in Fast and Furious Crossroads, Tony winds up on a rocket. So much Crossroads, dude. So much. Yeah. And he, like, uses, I guess, Raphael's, like, oh, like, Iron Man hand, essentially, to, like, electric punch this and kill it like essentially knock it out of the air and then he saves him like this is kind of like a tom cruise mission impossible like an ethan hunt thing where he's like i need to go do a crazy thing that's never been done before like cisco's like hey i'm going to ride off in the middle of the desert and like lure people off like that's heroic but it's not like insane like this is like a ethan hunt like mission impossible level thing where he's like i'm gonna go climb a rocket and then punch it out of the sky and save humanity and then he essentially like pirouette falls off the rocket. He's after free he's falling. Job. Yeah, he's free and he's falling. Like, I guess this is the end. And then I'm like, are, is he gonna land? Like I thought he was gonna land like in quicksand or something. Like how did you think he? Because he clearly Ooh. wasn't gonna die. I had a feeling it was gonna be more of like a car thing. Like somebody was gonna like jump a car on a dune. Like a Dom and, like, and Letty in six. Yes, that's mm-hmm. what I was feeling. More something along those lines. Yeah. But instead, like five of Frosty's drones just catch it's him. Not Frosty, the other guys. Oh, Ziri's drones. Ziri's yeah, drones. Ziri's drones. Yeah. Oh, yes, I wrote down, not Frosty saves him with drones. <laughs> yes, the other one. But there's still, like, there's the rocket going on, but there's still a fire tornado. The rocket collapses. It, it like, crashes to the ground, right? But because the top, like, weather satellite part of it the ionizer still exists. It just creates a fire tornado on the ground instead. And it's a big ass fire tornado. And so <laughs> Tony has to save the day again. Like Tony just risked his life to like punch a rocket out of the sky. Yes. But then he gets into a car. Well, they try to put the drones. In. I'm like, okay, cool. This is the time. A thing when they were doing the triathlon, a lady gives Frosty a chip. You know, another character gives Frosty mm-hmm. a chip, mm-hmm. and it's like, you're, you know, if you need this, this like changes the atmosphere with the drones. And it's like, cool. So Frosty's like, I got this. I'm like, cool. I was literally thinking, like, this is the gum callback, but it's actually yep. working. I was like, dude, cool. Okay, I was <laughs> I was with you. Like, we're going to get the chip. And Frosty's like, cool, got the chip, going to put it in, program the drones. And then that doesn't work. <laughs> Which is actually kind of, like, it's not a bad thing because it's cool that, like, they brought it back at all. Like, I'm glad, yeah. like, I agree with you. But, like, yeah, so then Tony has to get in a car, hit the Nas. Well, because drive... Rafaela can drive the, the, the fire tornado now. So she's just driving it around chasing them. Yes, because of course she can. So he <laughs> yeah. gets in a car and goes off a cliff, hits the Nas, jumps into the fire tornado, and somehow perfectly drops an EMP charge onto the top of like, the ionizing weapon, like the, the satellite, right? Like the weapon In the satellite. middle. Yeah, he has to go to the eye of it, yeah. Drops it down perfectly. But he does a flip, too. You missed it. He does the flip in his car. He finally did the flip. He finally did the flip that's the whole point he jumps through so when he's upside down he can see into the eye of it drops the middle and flips out of the flips out of the fire tornado and then he says later nader like short for tornado (laughs) and everyone except for echo rightly mocks him yeah and then echo's got his back and she's like you told me what it means to be a leader not or what it means to sacrifice for your family and then she like essentially is like, Miss Nowhere, I can't do this. I'm not a suit. I'm out. Like I'm gonna learn more from him than from your stupid course. And Miss Nowhere's like, wait, what are you? What? Like, calm, like relax. Number one, <laughs> relax. Chill. But then she's like, from now on, our decision gonna be made by the whole family or not at all. Miss Nowhere's like, okay, I can respect that. And then that's when they set up the whole Raffaella is on the loose. We have to capture her. Cleve might be on the loose, but she's like, there's no way he could survive. We cut to his like mech assault robot chassis and it opens and he's not in there it's like uh oh shredder moment full shredder yes in the fire tornado like cars getting eaten because they're being driven by Raffaella. Mm-hmm. there was like a moment where frosty and cisco were like in the same car like cisco like jumps out and frosty's like jumped out too but it He's getting sucked back into the fire tornado, and there was, like, a very Giselle reminiscent six moment where he, like, reaches for her, reaches for him, but, like, actually grabs him and pulls him back. (laughs) 
And I was like, oh, God, you almost tugged on my heartstrings there. Yeah, like, I don't think any of these characters are ever going to die. No, no, I can't see these. Because number one, it's four kids. But also number two, like, I don't think there's enough. Like, we don't have the problem where, or like, and it's also like, it's easier to go into a sound booth and record these audio. Not that I'm, and I'm not at all demeaning voice actors, but it's not like Gal Gadot needs to be on set for four or six months exactly. to film her scene instead of doing Wonder Woman. It's like you can fit this in at other times and still do the effort that way. So like, there's smaller actors, like there's Tyler Posey, but like, there's just other voice actors who like, this is what they do, right? So yeah, they won't need to write anybody off or kill anybody off or whatever. It's it's much easier for, they don't even need the other actor to be on at the same time they can just do the lines as wherever they want so any other thoughts about fast and furious spy racers sahara because we'll have much more to say i'm sure maybe we won't but like to listen to and respond to on friday with nico and kebo but any yeah i'm curious in this to see episode? what they think about it because i i like this much better than the second season they were kind of down on the second season too although i think didn't kevo have it like number one overall i don't know man i, don't I think remember. he did let me check that hold on because so. i thought they were overall because i think he even like not apologized but kind of like said a different thing like in the rankings so kevo his number one Oh, number one was Hobbs and Shaw, but number two was Spy Racers 2, and number three was Spy Racers 1. And yeah. then Nico had Spy Racers 1 at 6, and Spy Racers 2 at 10. So, yeah, Kevo was definitely a big fan of the series, both of them. Spy Racers 2 more so, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how they feel about it, and, like, the animation and the other fun stuff, too, so. So if you have not watched the show yet, and you still want to, after what we just talked about, I mean, it is, it's, it's quick. I mean, they're 23-minute episodes. There's, like, three minutes probably in each of, like, the international credits. Like, probably the length of, like, one long movie, like a two-hour I watched it all today. Yeah. Movie, with, like, right? So. With, like, a half a break in between. Yeah. You can do it. It's not a lot. Also, it's maybe we'll bad. get more. I don't know. If you have not watched it yet, go do that. It's on Netflix. But, yeah. And we'll come back on Friday to talk even more about it. So there's no other homework in the Brian, Brian Rodriguez High School Summer Party sense of it. No more additional homework. Just watch it. If you wanted, I'm also glad that we don't have to watch it, you know, twice. Just like same, <laughs> not not because like I don't like Spy Racers, just like it's a lot. It for, well, the other like, thing is that you know, next lap we're going to do everything with Heather, and she's going to she's down to talk about all three seasons and the video game too. So like, oh god, I don't know if I'm gonna watch the video game again. I might. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I but I, I will watch these again, right? So yeah, yeah. Why not? The show is somehow both like very slow and also not slow at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. For all things Too Fast Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Come back next time for more Inspiration Sahara. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop. All love nuts. I'm Joey Lewandowski. <laughs> I'm Joe, too. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you again.